0: Welcome to this latest episode of the Down the Pool podcast. Uh, I am joined once again by the main man from From Away, is, uh, Gary Griffiths. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you very much. I'm yeah.
1: not looking forward to this one, but there we go.
0: Yeah, me either. It's going to be a little bit of a downtrodden one because there's not, like
1: we, did, we didn't have another game to kind of gloss over like the last couple of episodes that we've done. So we if there's stu- any... If it's any consolation, no one is going to be listening to this <laughs> because, like, <laughs> like, I know with, with my Arsenal podcasts, I don't listen. If we lose like two or three nil, I don't listen because that's 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 masochism, isn't it? Like, yeah, go and you, see a therapist. You know, well, I, I guess. Like, I think the good thing too is though, like, like you kind of want to hear somebody
0: else's take of it. Like, I, that's the only thing I can think of, or else as you True, said, like, yeah, you just like to hurt yourself but before we get into the, the game I, I did want to uh, give a, a, a special shout out to Ada uh, Club uh, for the tribute they did for Robin uh, Bellew um I, I thought the minute silence was the moment silence was really nice uh, everybody respected it I thought that was a, a beautiful gesture I thought the TIFO that the Block away folks created was amazing probably on a bit of short notice too so that's Shout out to them, and then in the Peter Shala was Robin's uh, favorite uh, player. So in the second minute, they had like a round of applause, uh, which I thought was just a really nice uh, touch, and I think uh, it, it kind of lets you know that there's more important things in in life than football sometimes. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really well done, and um, I thought it was a great job all around by everybody to um, to honor his memory. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely agree. I think, like you said, Peter DeSharla was a, a big part of that, a big driving force behind that. I know I, I think Robin and I followed each other on Instagram and I he had pictures of himself and Sharla on there and he was a big fan of him. So yeah, I think I think it's a really nice thing for the club to do. It's a really nice thing for the supporters groups to do as well, um, because he's he he was. I never spoke to him, but he was one of those characters who you saw around the stadium on a match day, wasn't he? Like he he was he dressed up a bit for the occasion, so you did recognise him. And yeah, massive massive loss.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, rest in peace, Robin. And as I said, like well played to everybody involved in uh, respecting and honouring his memory. Um, so moving on to the game um so there, rumors had had spread like during the week that there was about covid or something going through the squad and there'd be players missing so uh i guess either there, there was a cold going around or there was cold because we were missing a bunch of players uh we weren't expecting to be missing i guess right so uh what did you think of the squad that we put out and um what did what system did uh did Steven go with? It? Was it the same? Or did he tweak it?
1: Um, yeah. Well, in terms of the squad, when I saw, I had an idea Rampasad was out. Um, I did not know Jeremy was going to be out as well. So when I when I saw that, I saw the graphic and my eyes were scanning up and down, going, "Where's Jeremy? Where's Jeremy?" Because I think the mid our midfield can survive one of the two being out but it can't survive both of them being out they there are adults aren't they there are the pair there are par- the team's parents which is why <laughs> I see them they're like mummy and daddy who will hold all the youngsters hands and tell them to calm down tell them it's still going to be okay and when you're missing both of them it's a bit of a shit show um you need you need those leaders not just like kind of from a maturity and experience level but I also think there are like Both of them are technical reference points as well. Um, when the teams shit in it a little bit, they normally look for one of those two to kind of calmly take it and technically deal with the situation. So, yeah, when I saw that both of them were missing and you see, right, so they're up against Sizoko, they're up against Becker, they're up against, um, is it Jansen? Jensen? Yeah, he's a great little player, isn't he? Fantastic. Player. So, yeah. like, Forge already had an incredible midfield and they've just kind of plonked him in it as well. And so... I mean, you did you did fear for us when you saw that. I think Um, from a systems perspective, I guess guess this is a a larger conversation. But it is something I've been thinking about. How kind of this? Let me know what you think about this. Like this tension between having a clearly defined way of playing that I think we all accept has made us a better team and a more entertaining team and a more attacking team. Having those principles and being very committed to them, knowing that sometimes you're gonna get a bloody nose because of that, versus being more like the team we were in 2019 and kind of last season, where we're a bit more malleable and we're not committed to one way of playing, but we'll adjust, like we're, we're a reactive team, we'll adjust whoever we're playing. Like last year, 2020, 2019, 100% after what happened against forge last time would have gone to 532 or 442 something to pack the midfield and i'm interested in that tension between these two things and i think kind of your mileage either way may vary i don't think anyone will agree really on what's the best way of doing things whether you want to commit to a way of playing and saying okay this might not work now but we need to show the players as coaches we trust this way of playing and think it's going to benefit us in the long term so we'll take we'll take a few defeats like this because long term the more we practice it the more we kind of iron out the little kinks in it it's going to work for us in the second half of the season or you think we should be adjusting whoever we play against I I tend to fall down on the former to be honest surprise surprise but I completely understand people who want us to be more malleable and more reactive as well. Where, where are you with that?
0: I, I, I like the fact that we have, we have more of a defined uh, system. I, I think that it's easier for the players. Everybody knows the job that they have to do. Um, and I think that uh, I, I, I think part of our problem is that we don't have the players that fit the system. <laughs> Like the system we're trying to go for, as soon as like one or two players are are out, like we, we've we've surrounded the team with players, and I think somebody had mentioned this in the Discord. Like a lot of players who are they're masters of none. You know what I mean? Like they're like they're good players, but they're like they can play here or they might be able to play there, but they're not like excellent at one position position. And I think that's where the system falls down. And I think that's where on a day like like Sunday when we've Got our asses came like the last time against Forge that we needed to have, maybe changed that system just a little bit just because of who we were playing. Um, like no, as I said, you like normally I think just keep going the way it's going. But when you like we're not talking about it like a one or two nil defeat the last time we four nil and he totally obliterated us. And I just think that we just got outfoxed again. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with the like stay with the same system because the players will learn and adapt. Just Sometimes you still need to, you know, if it, if it hasn't worked before against this this one team, well, then maybe you need to change it. You know what I mean? So yeah,
1: and it, it's it's interesting that it's Forge as well because Forge basically do the same thing as us. They have they have one six and two eights. They have Becker yeah. as the six, and they have Jensen and Suzoku or whoever as the two eights. So they, they, it's almost watching them mirror us but doing it a lot better. And I guess again, depending on how positive or negative you are or i should not say more optimistic or pessimistic you are is i think if you're optimistic you'll say well forge have been playing this way for a couple of years now so there this is this is the end point we're going we're moving towards the more we practice this way of playing we're going to end up with it working as well as that i think the pessimistic idea would be no forge have just got better players and it's more of a A personnel thing the reason we can't do it as well as them is because we don't have players who are good as them i I think it's a bit of
0: i think it's a mixture of both to be perfectly honest with you i think you're right that they've like they've been playing this way probably before the cpl and the sigma days like i'm sure they were like it was the the same kind of thing and it's just you know like not to compare them but you know like there's the barcelona way there's the ix way of playing and i'd I'd imagine that's kind of the way sigma had it and it's just Mm. it's just pushed over into forge but as well, like just looking at the squads side by side, like they're technically like a street ahead of us, and I think that's something that like a lot of people probably realise. I, I think they do. I, I don't. Th- I don't think Halifax fans are stupid. Like I think they know. Like I mean, like the fact that they were able to go out and like get, get rid of Awoea uh, and be able to bring in Ashton Mar- Morgan, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, <laughs> we're, we're just not. Ca- we're not capable of doing that for whatever reason. And I think. Um, Obviously, on being on Ontario probably helps too. But it, it I think th- the thing for me that pissed off an awful lot, lot of people on on Sunday was uh, the, the perceived lack of effort on their part. Uh, people were um, just letting runners go. They're, they like they weren't getting their foot stuck in and, and and stuff like that. And I think that's where people's backs were up. I don't think it was actually the fact of like that. Uh, I think people would have taken because they've, they've done it before with the Wanderers, like taking a three nil loss and you know just kind of okay whatever but at least everybody tried and I think that was a big takeaway from just listening to people the murmurs as I was walking out and Mm. Wonders I've never it's never it's never been a place of murmurs I always found like you know you finish the game people walk away like in my head I'm like that was a lot of bollocks but then (laughs) we we have like we know we have everybody saying that was a great game and had a lot of fun and and it's probably the first time when I've heard like a lot of people like just going like this this isn't good I didn't enjoy that
1: um, I, I, agree. I, yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, Like when, when it comes to analysis and stuff, I, I normally don't like stuff like that. Like, oh, they didn't run enough. They didn't try hard enough, but it's inescapable for this game, isn't it? That was the problem. Like the intensity and the energy and the effort in like recovery runs. Some of our recovery runs were so poor. <laughs> like a player would, lo- I'm not, not going to dig anyone out, but like certain players would lose the ball. And you'd see just their arms go in the air, and Forge it, for, the Forge counterattacks already twenty yards down the pitch before they bother to start their recovery run. And when you kind of when that's the standard of effort going into the game against a team as intense as Forge, you are fucked. You're absolutely yeah. fucked. Like it, you're not going to get anything out of that. Like kind of I saw Stephen Hart's post match press conference, and he kind of went quite big on that as well, didn't he? Like I think someone asked him about tactics, and he was like. Well, if you don't run, tactics don't really matter if no one's running. And I, I, I see, I see. I don't what know if you've
0: noticed that, like, uh, he, he's definitely been a lot more spiky at his uh, press conferences this season. Um, I, I know that a couple, a couple I've seen or I've been to to, to one, and he, he's just like, it's like he's taken as a, a personal affront that we're like asked, like, they has been asked these questions, but he's just been hammered for the second time in a month by the same team. Like, you're gonna have to ex- expect those
1: questions, you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I, yeah. I don't understand it. I do, I do understand that answer though. Like if kind of if he's watched that and he's seen his certain players again, not putting in the effort and someone's asking about that side of it. Like, I think, yeah, I think I'd probably snap a bit as well, to be honest.
0: But the, uh, I think the first goal was probably the, the, the culmination of all that stuff. Like, like how easy that goal was and how, it was it was just like a shit show from the get go. That one, like I mean, like like we, we could have cleared the ball. We tried to play it off. The player I went to didn't really bother to make a tackle. And then um Shaunier, who's like who's done it to us before in the last one, like you know he's allowed to run at us, gets the ball in between two defenders, and then t- this pass somehow takes a strip out and they score. And it, it was just simple simple stuff. From, from Forge but we just couldn't handle it I, like I think that was the one that pe- pissed people off the most was that one it was just like that somebody was allowed to, to, to run like that and nobody really put the effort in and it, it wasn't like this was gonna like it wasn't like this was out of the blue they had like two good chances before this uh, that, that Christian Oxner had saved uh so i mean the writing was on the wall and do you think this is the thing now like a, a home like obviously people are like it's a fortress blah, blah 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 but it's the last couple of games like we've been really slow out the blocks like, apart from toronto uh do you think that like what do you think is, co- is causing that like i mean like like edmonton scored against us the york game we never really got going like the Forge game we were just diabol- both Forge games we were just diabolical from the get-go so like what what, what do you think is happening
1: um, I don't know because I I personally the I think the forge games belong in their own weird little category because they are so much better than us. It's it's ridiculous to be honest. They're they're that many levels above us. They're better than Toronto. I know they lost to Toronto in the Cannes Championship, but they're better than them. Um the I mean the York game, I've seen that game at the Wanderers Grounds many times before, I think, where it's kind of cagey and we nick a goal late on, normally a penalty. So I've seen that before. Um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, I, I don't read too much into that. I, th- I think we're quite a slow starting team anyway, to be honest. Like, I think to the Edmonton away game recently as well. I think if, if you think about first half we've played well, I'd say the two Cavalry games we played well, the the Valor game we played really well first half. But other than that, we we tend to get better after the break, I think.
0: So do you think that's a, a coaching thing like that, you know, like it's let's get them in halftime and chew the shit out of them and get them like, you know, get them ramped up or because like I even in this game, we were a lot better in the second half. Uh, we we kind of um, we were doing a little bit more of the things that we should have been doing in the first half, like it, and it even led to us nearly scoring a goal with, with Marshall, but like. Why? Why? Why do we have to wait till half time? You, you know what I mean. I don't understand. Mm. Like, like, why isn't this? Why isn't the message being said from the get go? And we need to get you in a halftime and put a rocket up your arse? It just because like the, to me, like when we're playing away from home, I know like the Wanderers mo playing away from home is cagey. Don't give anything away and hoping and Nick a goal. Right. So we all know that that's the way we play. But at home, like as said, like like people expect us to be like going out of blocks getting into their faces because they've got a big crowd behind them. And I think, I think you know, all through the – I watched back some of the game today and all through the commentary, like it's been mentioned many times about the fans and the, the atmosphere and, and all that kind of stuff. But, like, all those people deserve a better product on the pitch. And, like, you know, like if you're not willing to make a 10, 15-yard run to help your teammates out, like, like that, that's not good enough, you know. And it's like – I, I think some of them need to maybe take – of a look at themselves I, I I, I don't know I sound like a grumpy mm. old man but
1: no no like kind of I know what you mean and like be aware be aware that fans like body language projects out to the fans as well I think yeah. that's what some of them need to think about and if if you're if you're like sulking a bit fans notice that and that kind of it's kind of like an environment and an atmosphere within a stadium it's kind of its own little ecosystem isn't it and and you, you're feeding off the players, and they're feeding off the fans. There's a mutual responsibility. So, like, I think you can forgive a poor performance, but it's harder to forgive a perceived lack of effort. I think, and so yeah, that's that's. And it, I mean, to be fair, like, I I don't want to betray any trust here, but the the fitness of the players has been hurt by the whatever virus has been going through the the squad over the past couple of weeks. And I do think that is a big part of the lack of energy and the lethargy in that performance. Like quite a few of the players haven't been right. Um, It might just be a cold that's going around, but there's definitely something that's not quite right from an energy levels. And you could see that on Sunday.
0: So, So question for you then, like, you know, Valor got that game, called off against Forge when they had mm. like a COVID outbreak. Like why didn't, if if it was COVID, why didn't we do the same thing and
1: try to have that game? I, I don't think it was ever confirmed as COVID. Oh, I think okay. it was, I've, and like with Valor, they also had injuries. So compounded with X amount of COVID cases, you can cancel it. But I don't think we had grounds to to cancel okay. it.
0: Because like I, I, because I, I, the commentary uh, was actually really good. It was Adam Jenkins and Ian Heumann. Like they're my favourite two. I think Ian Hume has a really good eye on the game, and he's not afraid to uh, call out like bullshit when he sees it, or like call somebody out for not doing the right thing. So I, I kind of enjoy his commentary. This is not aimed at anybody. This is me, like like being an asshole. But do you think then, like when we're missing those main players, our squad isn't strong enough. Uh,
1: yes, yes, I think I think the the drop off between our first eleven and our backups is quite large. And I think that that's probably from a recruitment perspective over the next few years is making that a bit more seamless. If, if, if you, if your first 11 are injured, like, especially, and we've talked about this before, I think like Rampasad, especially like, he has such a specialized role as that lone six and the stuff he does is so specific to his skill set that there's always going to be a drop off. Like I quite, I quite like Polisi. I'm like, I'm a Polisi fan, but like he can't do the things that Rampasad does. He does other stuff really well. Like I really like him as an eight actually is like a high presser pressing quite high up the pitch. And I like him there. He's really good, but I don't think he's quite subtle enough and technically gifted enough to take the ball in those areas as a lone six and protect it. And we saw that on Sunday. He, he, he didn't have a good game. Did he really struggled. struggled.
0: (laughs) And, And you know, the hair probably didn't help, you know, because it made him stand
1: out. You know what I mean? But
0: yeah.
1: I, that, I, that is you being a grumpy old man. Yeah, yeah big time. No, but, but, you but I, as you dream as Pogba. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but I just find, like, like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, like, we've, we've talked about this before. And I think that you've mentioned that you thought that Polisi could probably do the sixth role on his own. This shows that I don't think he can.
1: and yeah, he can't against Forge. Like, I think yeah. he'd be fine against Valor or York or Edmonton, but... Not against Forge or Cavalry or probably Pacific. So, hopefully, Rampy's back.
0: So, so, do you think, like, and I know that Stephen Hart had a, a blow up with the tactics thing saying that people didn't run, da, da 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 But, do you think, like, after that first 10, 15 minutes when we were being penned back, pretty much like we did in the first game, like, should something have been changed? Should something have been shifted? Like, should we have gone to that 5 three, two you mentioned? Like, what, mm. what do you think, like, because to me, we just kept the same. Shape for the whole first half. Yeah, and we were just
1: yeah, being, we like, did. Horror, uh, I think it's again going back to what we talked about at the start of the pod, like it, the, how you see the game and how you see, like, do you prioritize long-term development over short-term results? And depending on which which side of that you fall on, answers that question. Like, if you're if you're the kind of person that sees it as a massive long-term development project, which again I do, but I completely understand people that don't. Then yes, you stick to that and you learn from that. But the other side of it is, why don't we just like, why don't we just be shit houses for a half? Why don't we just go, right? Lovely pattern. Like, I love the whole lone six, two eights pattern play triangles, moving through the lines. Love it. But why not just be dickheads for a half and go five, three, two, clog everything up, be boring as fuck, and just go from there? Like, I completely understand that viewpoint as well. I don't necessarily, that's not necessarily where I am. Like, I'm from I, the, bollocksy Arsene Wenger school of beautiful football so of course I'm not going to go for that like that's what I grew up on so I'm always going to favor like pattern play and stuff but no I completely understand if you would want to change things there
0: like Jose Mourinho in uh, All or Nothing you know it's uh uh, you gotta be cunts not stupid cunts but you gotta be cunts and I felt exactly exactly I I felt like we could have done with a a good 20 minutes of us being cunts again because they also mentioned in commentary which I thought was a really good point actually is that Forge don't give away an awful lot of fouls, but they get felled an awful lot. And I think that's um, that, that's a big secret like we, of, of theirs is that when they're under pressure, they always manage to just get a free kick or something go their way. And I think that comes from being shit houses and I think a lot of that is because if you look on the pitch, like I mean like they're always in the, the referee's ear, the whole <laughs> game like Becker's at in their ear, Bobby and all the people on the sideline are in their ear, and I think that maybe we need to be a little more,
1: like, cunty, I guess. (laughs) Mate, mate, they are so street smart, aren't they? Yeah. How long long do they take to celebrate a goal? Oh, my God. And and that is by design. That's not a coincidence that they take five minutes to celebrate scoring a goal. That is definitely by design. Completely take – so completely take the momentum out of what's happened. Like, you know that cliche, like, oh, the most dangerous time to concede is after you've scored – like they know that so they just take fucking ages to celebrate <laughs> like down crazy, in the corner. they wait they wait for the subs to join them they wait for the whole squad to join them like and the face time and their
0: families <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. and like, i know the kitchen's giving them the fuck off. Like, but that's what you do that they're street smart they've been around the block like you've got you've got Carl becker playing for a move, brilliant player like a brilliant, brilliant player. Like in his right foot, he has got every golf club in that right foot, hasn't he? Like he can chip yeah. it, he can ping it. Brilliant player. But what a twat! Like he's oh my God. like you. You just know he's a massive bell end. But he, if he played for you, you'd love him because. He does think, all that sort of dark artsy sort of stuff.
0: I think that's. I think that's the thing. I think that's. A, I think Forge fans love him, where the rest of the league. It reminds me a bit of like a Tuso, you know what I mean. Like everybody. Yeah. If you're like an AC Milan fan, you you probably love them, but the rest of the world is thought he was a fucking arsehole, So.
1: I think. Yeah. I think. More, I think Morelli's got a bit of that as well. Like we obviously love him, but I think the rest of the league thinks he's a bit of a dick. I'm okay with that. I can see. But that's the thing, exactly. But you're, yeah.
0: You're, you're right though, and and I think like. Well, this game really made me realize how much I miss having Sasapo on our team too, and I think, uh, you know, like that was it's, a great that was a great pickup for them, and yeah. like just he he had an excellent game, man. It was just end mm. to end. Uh, he had a couple of chances to score, you know, like he just he has an awful lot in his locker, and I think that was a big a big loss for us, that and then a big a, a big deal that we couldn't get him back because i think that he would you know him and rampers had played really really well together and i think that like having him in their team like as a backup or as like a, the main man would, would have been a different
1: team i think so i interviewed matt fagan fegan um and it'll probably i'll probably be posting it on the blog towards the end of the week but in the interview we talked about sizoko a little bit and so basically and he said this on the record, so I'm not, again, I'm not betraying any trust, this will be in the interview. Um, so he said, everyone knew Sissoko was available, but suzuko was basically waiting until the very last minute to make a choice on, I think he would, I think basically, he, Matt didn't say this, but reading between the lines, Sissoko was waiting for an offer beyond CPL and higher than CPL. Okay. So he was just keeping everyone waiting. So, I mean, there comes a point where you, you've got a walk away from anything like that. So I think there was a bit of that going on, to be honest. I I think he's a good player, but mm. you know, like he
0: went to the USL and didn't do an awful lot. So exactly. I yeah. think that he's you know, that, that's that's the flip side of all this is that, like, you know, like don't get too big for your boots either. Like, you know, you're playing in, in, in
1: Canada, right? so um, Yeah, he's he's but, in that weird pocket, and there's a few players in this pocket where they're probably too good for the CPL, but they're not really good enough for any league above the CPL. And I'd put him in that category. But so as, as Mo Farsi proved the other week, what do oh, you know about? Literally, literally
0: the next fucking day, man. Next fucking day. Jesus Christ, man. You no, know, that's the thing. Answer this right, though. Sasoka's gonna get fucking
1: picked up by Man City now or something. Why yeah, everybody yeah. is have... gonna come out and go, I've seen I want... this player in Canada, he's the next big thing, the next guy I, 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 I,
0: I, I want to cut a any deal that he gets. Uh so the, the, the last little bit on the game, just before um, I, I kind of just wanted to get your thoughts on uh Latoury's move to uh Wask County today, actually. Um so Restrepo's red card uh deserved. Uh like was he being was he being foolish doing what he did? Like I mean like the like it's Terren Campbell, like he might have gone through and scored, but like we're already like two down at that stage. Uh, what
1: were your thoughts on the red card? Like referee indecisions. I know I don't know. I've not read the referee's handbook. So maybe it was the like by the laws of the game. Like just just from kind of watching the game a lot. It, it felt like Santos was there with the recovery run to cover Terence Campbell if he spun him. And again, the rules could well have changed. I don't know, but I thought it was, if like, you're clearly the last man, then it's yeah. a red card, but Santos, I f- seemed to be there to cover him. So I guess it wasn't a red from that perspective, but I'm sure there's like rule 73 a of the referee's handbook, which would contradict me in some way. So what yeah, do you this, think? This-
0: they did say on commentary that, like, uh, it should have been a red card. So, like, I, I did think it was a red card. I just don't think he needed to – like, he's been one of our best players this year, and I just think they were going to lose him for three games, I think it is, because it was a straight red card. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, if it's a straight red, it's it's three, yeah. isn't it? I, 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 unless something's changed there, so. Um, so. So, it's a big loss so I got. Pacific away, Ottawa at home, and I don't know what I, that – I don't think that far ahead, yeah. man. Well, I, I just so think- I, I, I I don't think he'd have played against Otto or anyway. I think that's a shallow game because of the big boys. Yeah, but yeah, we'll definitely miss him against Pacific.
0: Yeah, I, I, as I said, you I mean like I would have rather like the like just let... like we were already losing that game anyway. It just you know in the heat of the moment, obviously you don't think that way, and just professional pride and, and all that kind of stuff. The, on on the the plus points in the game, I thought it was great to see Corey bent back. Um, obviously, coming back into that game, it probably wasn't the best game for him because uh, it was such a tough game um I thought Salter probably had our one moment of quality when he set up Alex Marshall and Alex Marshall was back to form of just being anonymous so uh,
1: I, I I thought I thought he worked quite hard though like he his job for that whole game was just to sit on Becker and try and stop Becker from playing and I don't think Marshall was like good enough defensively yeah. to do that but that was so that was clearly his mo for the day like just just follow Becker around the pitch. So I thought he worked hard, but yeah, it didn't quite happen for him. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just odd. Um,
0: but yeah, and then you know, uh, I, I thought this might have been a game for Sam to play because like, he's that
1: bit bigger or whatever. Uh, kind of give him I a run. I think out. he's, I think he's got a bit of a knock. I think. Oh he's yeah. Got a bit of a, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't. think he's injured, but I don't think he's one hundred percent either.
0: So yeah. So so you know, I I think this is one of those. Uh, when we said against York, you know, you just put a draw a line through it and move on. And hopefully, um, but it just goes to show you that there's a, a gap again, forming in the CPL between like
1: Calvary forge and the rest of us, to be honest, you know? Um, yeah. Well, we, you see our results so far, like we're, we're weirdly consistent and easy to predict in the sense that we beat the teams that are below us and we lose to the teams that are above us. And then the, I guess, for this club and this season and how we're going to do, the million-dollar question is, do we beat Ottawa? Because we're going to beat York, we're going to beat Edmonton, and I think 100% we're going to beat Valor as well for the rest of the season. And in the same breath, we're going to lose to Cavalry, Forge and probably Pacific for the rest of the season. So then, do we beat Ottawa? Because it's us and them for that fourth spot, I've got no doubt. Like, I know they've had some quite good results, but they've also lost 6-0 at home to Valor. And they've also oh. just lost to Edmonton. Like They're incredibly inconsistent. And so it's us and them, really, who's who's going to be... Yeah, it's,
0: it's definitely a cliche. We don't know what Ottawa is going to turn up, really, right? I mean, it's uh, mm. they're kind of all over the place. Like that loss to, to Edmonton was like, yeah. I, I, I caught a bit of highlights and they actually had some pretty decent chances. I think they're struggling up top as well. I, I think um, that's another sign in the league here again of how important it is to have and how difficult it is to find a striker who's going to score a lot of goals because we don't we don't have it um york definitely don't have it with their six goals mm. uh valor meh uh all the way like like just the guys they have just they're not consistent enough um, and i think that's mm. one of the big differences between those top teams and like i mean you look at who uh, forge have. I mean, like, they've got Borges is kind of back on form, Passius is a good player, like Terran Campbell, so and Sean Ray, like, gets in with a few goals. It's just and their midfield scores as well. Yeah, we, we just don't have that. So, um, just before we get on to the tour, sorry, I did what I did, I did have one little thing. So, Derek Martin tweeted a, a, a cryptic message, I thought. It was like, um, to, to something like, to the 60, 6,213 people or ever who showed up to it, like, this isn't acceptable and we'll fix it. What what do you, what you think he meant by that?
1: Um, I didn't really see it as cryptic. I think it's just kind of PR, isn't it? And kind of showing publicly and transparently that you recognize that that was below the standards. And yeah, um, yeah, I think it was just him fronting up, to be honest. I like didn't have a problem with it. I think that's just that's what a lot of sportsmen, like a lot of athletes do that now. There's a kind of a, the culture of the apology, isn't there? Like players missing penalties and coming out and apologising and yeah. clubs refunding fans when away games don't go to plan. It's just, yeah, it's just a, a culture of apology around sports discourse now. Social media is so prevalent. So I just saw it as that, to be honest yeah i'm just gonna i i I should read it properly rather than me just guessing at it apologies
0: (laughs) to the apologies to the 6213 Wanderers fans who showed up today and brought it all game long we didn't and it's not acceptable so
1: yeah yeah it's just Um, an acknowledgement of a pretty shitty performance isn't it i
0: I, I must say like i what he said there about like they brought it all game long so i normally don't go up into the the kitchen or to 108 or I of that kind of stuff because I'm an old grumpy bollocks and I actually <laughs> I actually I actually like being down at, at behind the goals so I can actually uh, like I like watching game like I know you watch it from
1: your uh, your throne up Ivory in, Tower yeah up in the uh, the, the posh Borg- part but it was, it was bourgeois people. seats yeah <laughs> I like being above everyone, all the peasants, and just throwing peanuts at people. Being fed grapes and stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like so. No, from- to be honest, the rip. Re- sorry, the reality of that is, I stand right next to the Nova Scotia flag, and it just slaps me in the face constantly if it's windy. <laughs> <laughs> it does my I, head in, mate. I'm gonna put
0: a request in <laughs> to make that flag bigger. Uh, so um, I was, uh, yeah. So I was, I was in my usual spot uh, in, in the patio, but my I brought a friend along. It was just first ever Wanderers game, and this guy absolutely has no opinion whatsoever on football. He's not a football fan whatsoever. He's not really a sports fan. So he, so when I got to the grounds, he was up, he, my friend Steve had brought him up into the 108. He was having the time of his life, and I obviously dragged him yeah. away to go back down and be bored with me down there talking football. <laughs> And then I went to the uh, I went to the bathroom. He said he's got to go to the bathroom, and I couldn't find him for love and my money. was like, "Where the fuck is he?" So I went off to the bathroom. As I'm walking back, there's the fucker back up in one away, <laughs> have the time of his life. So, so for the last time into the game, I was actually up in one away, and I How were you? Yeah, I, I and I must say it's such a good time. Like, and I can see why people get addicted to going to the games and uh, all that kind of stuff. And you know it a few things were level at them that it's not very welcoming to females and that there must have been about 10 women up there There was a lot of women up there uh was having like a blast there's a lot of smoke bombs went off which i'm sure james johnson's probably not a fan of but uh because <laughs> <laughs> they cost money but man it, it was it was such a good time and i don't even think they realized or uh, saw that third goal going in because they were too busy like chanting and yeah fair <laughs> play so they, they kept it going and i think that's probably what Derek's talking about like those kind of people that yeah. go and they just give it 100% every every game for the players and um yeah surprised you I... didn't surprise you didn't throw your back out doing the bouncing mate Oh no, no, I was, I was like right up in the corner, like away like you know, just away from the roadies <laughs> down at the bottom. I was just like in the background going, like yeah, Bloody I don't know. yeah, don't even keep the noise down. I'm trying to watch the game. <laughs> <Down>. <laughs> These
1: are <laughs> mate, that that actually happened in my section though. In my uh, in my what? section, some some of <laughs> so some of the young lads came over. Um they honestly have must have been 19 20 years old bless them and they'd obviously just come from the kitchen because they had like 108 t-shirts and stuff on and they they came over and they tried to get chance going in our section and like bless them like completely like kind of the naivety of youth and that unbridled enthusiasm and thinking everyone like it's like turning up to a party drunk and everyone else is sober and you're trying to like get games going and stuff <laughs> yeah. and like they just got <laughs> just got told to go away I felt, oh, I felt no. like I was weird because I did kind of feel sorry for him but at the same time like don't I don't like organized fun and obviously everyone there anyway yeah so yeah that did kind of kick off a little bit in our section <laughs> that's that that's fucking hilarious I love. So, would, would, you, would you go to 108 again would you give it another go
0: uh, I've been I've been a couple of times like like my friend Steve is like uh like oh he actually had a question for me to ask you um so yeah Steve Steve is like hook line sinker brought into the uh, the culture overall now he's like a he's a he's an ultra da, 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 da. so I might pop up and see him every now and again but I just mm. I, I just feel my age a and then B I just feel like really unsteady on my feet so like when you're trying to like I, I don't know if you've ever this is like. Should be like an army crash course, to be honest. So try and walk from one side of one away to the stairs. Where they're all doing the bouncy. It's fucking terrifying because you're trying to like walk on the bleachers and stuff like that, and yeah. it, it feels like the whole thing's just going to collapse. And you're just like, it's like I say to uh, my friend Devin I was like, I just feel like I'm in one of those seconds from disasters videos that <laughs> they're that on the National Geographic
1: do, channel. <laughs> do you know that? Do you know that Instagram account for that really posh kid who loves trains? Yes, uh, you know he wears that little. Francis, I mean, you know, he wears that little yeah. thing on his head. I, I I pay money to have you wearing <laughs> that, trying to walk across
0: 108.
1: <laughs> Alright, I'm going to start GoFundMe for a fucking uh, GoPro. <laughs>
0: It'll just be me just being sour and going like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Vomiting fucking, all over your shoes. You spilt me beer, you fucking prick. It. Um, so yeah, so the, the question Steve had, uh, I was going to ask you actually. So do you, do you think that come... July is it July seventh when Derek says the magic day when uh, we're going to get a new international striker? Do you think that's going to be the fix that we need? That's uh, that was Steve's question to you.
1: Um, yeah, I, I I genuinely don't know who it is, so it depends. Who it is really. Um, I think kind of the sister question to that that I'm going to put to you, and I'll try and answer it as well is: Do you think if Morelli hadn't got injured, the fix would have been him? and we'd be scoring a lot more and doing a lot better. Because that's kind of the question, is it? Like, yeah. we're playing without a star striker. Like, Sammy Saltz has done brilliantly. Bent's done well. Akeem's kind of chipping in. But we're still missing that, like, real star striker. So, yeah, if we, if we bring in someone at Morelli's level, then 100% I can see us having a really strong second half of the season. Um, and I, I, I also think if Morelli hadn't been injured, we'd be... Probably six points better off than we are.
0: Uh, yeah, I I kind of tend to agree. I I just think that going by the the couple of games that Morelli did play in, we didn't play very well with him in the team. Um, because he, yeah, something just wasn't clicking, I guess. And I think that was going to obviously come with time with him and Daniels and stuff. And I think the player that suffered the most from Morelli not being there is Daniels because he, yeah, that the game. The game was passing by again on the, the the like he's probably again one of the best players on the pitch technically and like when you stats wise and you kind of look at um like
1: how good of a player he actually is it just he just wasn't there so uh,
0: anyway yeah um the, so the the,
1: pro- the the problem with him is between his ears I think like yeah. I think like he's just he overthinks things and we've talked about it before yeah but yeah. Um so yeah, so uh so Steve, uh
0: thanks for the for the question. Um the answer is we don't know because we don't know who it is. <laughs> but but yes. that's the thing though, as you said, if it's gonna be a player of Morelli's quality, like Morelli would probably have got us an extra six points, like, like the draw against Valor, maybe we probably would have won or or something, mm. but yeah, um, so let's hope that it's it is somebody along those lines and it's not just some random kid that's been playing in rural Quebec for like the last five years and nobody's ever heard him
1: anyway so (laughs) I don't think about it I think I think I think it's going to be someone quite good but yeah I don't know who
0: yeah let's let's hope so um so but just the the last little bit then uh, Victor Latouris moved to Ross County today and once again um Ross County have made a big deal of this it wasn't this isn't like one of those like just under the radar signs that he's getting stuck into the, uh, into the Academy. This was actually like a big, big deal. And there was interviews put out today about him and all that kind of stuff. So um, what do you think that they saw on the tourie and uh, how do you think they'll do in Scotland, which is that's going to be a rough and tumble league. I don't think he's going to have as much time on the ball as what he would have had in, in in the CPL.
1: Mm, Yeah. I I think he's a really good player. Um, i paraphrasing tommy wood jr but what he said about him like like x amount of the world is covered in water and the rest of it's covered by by latori like i think that's quite a that's very very tommy wood jr turn of phrase isn't it but a really really good player um cavalry are a lot weaker now without him because i think like in center midfield for them they've kind of like elliot simmons is a really tidy player um trafford's a tidy player but latori kind of was did like the water carrier role and yeah covered every blade of grass so massive loss of them what was it did i read this right that it was a six-figure transfer fee as well
0: yeah i saw that and, and apparently he, like uh your man thomas neff you know your man that uh he does that yeah. football northern football podcast whatever like he, yeah, yeah. He, t- he tweeted there today about it's not he's not the only person apparently another player from the cpl has gone to, to ross county as well so but the thing ross i'm county- interested
1: about there is like abc goes for thirty thousand but Latoury goes for six figures. That seems like a pretty steep difference between two players who I don't think are that far apart in terms of talent that, that I found quite interesting.
0: I, th- I, th- I think maybe it's the length of contract because Abzi was, Abzi was up in December and I guess all Powell had to do was just wait until then and sign him on a free. So I think, what he wanted was, um, was for York to get something out of it, and then obviously the signing on fee, like, like you know, mm-hmm. if Abzi takes off, which who knows, right? Like a 25 percent like uh resale is huge, like that's 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 incredible. Like so, you know, if yeah. uh, if he does kind of take off and he kind of moves up, uh, and Abzi's only what twenty three, right? So like I mean, he's got yeah. a few years yeah. in him the what twenty one, I think. Mm. And he's he's built like a brick shit house as well. So I, I yeah. think
1: anyway, he's going to need to be, isn't he, in that yeah. league?
0: I think yeah. It, it reminds me, like outside of like the the Celtic Rangers thing, it's an awful lot like like League One. That kind of like people get stuck in and all that kind of stuff, you know. And the good thing for him is that Charlie Trafford played for Hamilton there, um, up there, and I'm sure he's got like a ton of advice from of like how to. Uh, the pitfalls, and then there's two Canadian kids that uh, play there too. Uh, uh, Harry and Ben Patton, I think, play. um
1: Yeah, and there's probably another Canadian joining as well. Yeah, so I mean, like, according I, to rumors, his brother, yeah, uh, William Akio, so
0: yeah, which which I, I could totally see. I mean, like like he is, he's been one of the the standouts uh, from the CPL in the last year or so since he signed on. So yeah, it's and it's, it's great yeah. advertisement for the league. I just hope like so. The, the, the Irish League and I think Canada kind of needs to have a like take a look to it like the, so the Irish League um, became a bit of a uh, fishing ground for the clubs in Scotland that you know the best players from the League of Ireland would go over there and it'd go for like next to nothing and I think that's that hearing that it's going to be six figures but, like it's a good thing because uh, so many Irish players like went to Scotland and the Irish clubs like were getting fleeced so mm. um, I really hope that if they are going to be coming sniffing around, which is probably going to happen because, like teams like Ross County and like that, like they're going to look for any avenue they can to try and get a good player for next to nothing because they're running on small
1: budgets themselves, right? So, um, yeah, it's inter- it's interesting that those sort of clubs now view Canada as a as a place you can get good value. It's a market that you can find value in.
0: In four years, man, that's crazy, right?
1: Yeah, I know, I know. League, like league the league is young. It's not it's it's not a perfect league by any stretch of the imagination, but I didn't see moves like this happening within four years. To be honest, I thought it'd take a bit longer. So yeah, fair play, fair play to Cavalry for spending a lot of time investing in him. Uh, did he did he come through the foothills? Or? I think he did, or else he, he yeah. might have been a,
0: a draft pick. But I, I find that like okay. even like their draft picks tend to have been at the foothills at
1: some stage. They tend to like yeah, it's so it's so incestuous yeah. out there. Like Sigma as well. Like they're all pissing in the same pot aren't they yeah pretty much and that's, where... that's the saying is it? it's drinking from the same pot yeah, we'll, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll we'll go pissing but uh, <laughs> i i just i definitely think that that's that's to the detriment of the clubs like uh halifax and the fact that you're saying that they're going to be starting um something might be starting here in 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 the maritimes is only a good thing so yeah so let's uh put a pin in this one and say it's done
1: um, yeah just... thanks thanks for the two people who listen to this one yeah i know Much yeah appreciate it <laughs>
0: well my mom i'll try and get my man to listen so that'd be true yeah
1: my mom my, my <laughs> listens sometimes as well and,
0: and steve might listen for his shit with him, so <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right man Cheers, uh, take care have a good one Get out! Out of trouble!